0: Chapter 28 The Two Harvests or Resurrections An earlier chapter referenced two resurrections, that is of people, which is a very strange concept to Christianity. What resurrection means to most Christians is all wrapped up in the singular event of the resurrection of the Messiah. But the truth be known, it's the mass resurrections, namely the fall resurrection for us, which is the hope and future of modern mankind. But to understand those resurrections and their order, we need to back up and take a look at the literal events surrounding Yahweh's annual and weekly Sabbath festivals. Again, Yahweh's Sabbaths are the key and foundation for understanding those great resurrections. As noted before, most everyone or everything that's occurred in ancient times in the Old Testament, including the Sabbath celebrations, were literal rehearsals of things to come in real-time fruition. To that end, we again note 1 Corinthians 10:11, where it says, Now all these things, that is, the Old Testament events, happened to them as examples, which is the Greek word, tupos, uh, that means to be repeated, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the age have come. With that in mind, we find two harvests, one in the spring and one in the fall, in the land of Judea, celebrating some seven feasts outlining Yahweh's human harvest. Both harvests were initiated with an offering called first fruits. The first fruits were a tenth or a tithe of the crop to be brought into the temple before the main harvest could get underway. Both first fruits and balances of those two harvests have very important spiritual equivalents, i.e., people. In fact, the whole purpose and point of putting ancient Israel through these physical rehearsals was to teach them the Creator's plan for mankind. The spring or first century harvest represented Israel's priesthood and their high priest Yeshua, which was completed in the first century, with the fall harvest arriving in 2017. That is the balance of Israel and then the Gentiles. Again, each of the two harvests consisted of a first fruit and a balance, adding up to a total of four separate resurrection events. With that in mind, let's examine the the two parts of that first or spring harvest. Passover through the Feast of first fruits beginning in Exodus 12:2 we find Moses being instructed this month that is abib or spring shall be your beginning of months it should be the first month of the year to you. That set the time of year when where Yahweh continues with explicit instructions on preparing the Passover celebration which initiated the spring harvest season. That celebration included an unblemished lamb whose blood was to be put on the doorpost to save the firstborn. Only, only the firstborn were saved, that is from the death angel Mastema. Leviticus 23, verses ten through twelve, continues with what was to be done on the evening or the afternoon of the Sabbath following Passover. It says, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them. When you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before Yahweh to be accepted on your behalf. After reading about the wave sheep waved three days after sacrificing the unblemished male lamb, an amazing picture emerges. First, the symbolism of the unblemished lamb is obviously the Hebrew Messiah, considering what we find stated in John 1.29. There it says, And the next day John saw Yeshua coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of Yahweh, who takes away the sin of the order. Of course, order there was mistranslated world. But the original word is cosmos, which is why we call the heavens cosmos, because they're orderly. It's not talking about the world. Examining the historical timing of these events, such as the slaying of the Lamb and the following wave sheaf, we have a clear picture of those rituals portrayed. The Messiah, or the Lamb, was slain at about 3 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon or evening, exactly the same time the Lambs were instructed to be slain for the Passover. Following Passover, Leviticus 23:10 through 12 gives us clear instruction that in the evening, or the afternoon of the Sabbath, which would have been Saturday that year, the priests were to take that sheaf of grain and wave it the down wave picturing death and the up wave picturing the resurrection of the first fruits that is the firstborn saints again that sabbath evening about 3 p.m. the wave that was performed exactly 3 days after the messiah was put to death was only was the only sign yeshua said he would give them to show he was the true messiah if he was resurrected at any other time such as friday night or sunday sunrise He would not have been the true Hebrew Messiah. Amazingly, both the offering of the unblemished male lamb and the sheaf's waving happening exactly on time, that is to the hour, erases all doubts. These two ancient rituals were rehearsals of the resurrection of Yeshua and the saints of old. Let's look at that event in Matthew 27. That's verses 52 through 53. And there it says, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep, or i.e. had died, were raised, and coming out of the graves. After his resurrection, they went into the holy city, Jerusalem, and appeared to many. That scripture clearly shows Yeshua was not the only one resurrected on that Sabbath evening or afternoon, but many dead saints as well. Remember, the sheaf was a bundle of grain, not only one stalk, i.e. Yeshua. Let's read another scripture corroborating that resurrection in 1 Corinthians. For as in Adam all die, even so in the anointing, all shall be made alive, but each one in his own order. The anointed one, that is Yeshua, the first fruits, that is the saints of old that came up out of the graveyard, and then afterward those who are the anointed ones, or Yeshua's, at his coming, that is his priesthood. Again, did you notice fruits is plural? This scripture is more affirmation. Many others were resurrected with Yeshua, just as Matthew 27 showed. At this point, there's been a first fruit resurrection or harvest, but only of the wave-sheaf saints and the Lamb, Yeshua. The balance of the spring harvest was not harvested until about 80 CE, picturing pictured in the last spring festival day called the Feast of Firstfruits or Pentecost which is exactly 50 days after the wave sheaf and the resurrection of the saints of old. This was the feast day celebrating the completion of the spring harvest. Though the feast of first fruit celebrated the culmination of the spring harvest, the entire spring harvest was also called the first fruit harvest, considering it was the small harvest preceding the much larger fall harvest, or the great harvest. With that in mind, John 4.35 uh, we're told Yeshua told his disciples, do, not, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. That scripture shows us it was a spiritual harvest, that is the feast of first fruits, to which Yeshua was referring. The one celebrated 50 days later, picturing 50 years after the wave sheaf in real time fulfillment. Yeshua made it quite clear to His disciples He was returning for them as as the balance or the bulk of His spring harvest. Again, if He didn't return in the generations of His disciples to whom He personally promised, He would have been a deceiver and a liar. Besides, what sense would it have made to announce the beginning of the spring harvest with Passover and the wave sheaf, and then not complete it in its season? Being raised on a farm, I understand that when the spring harvest is cut, In the spring, the fields are then plowed under for the planting of the fall crop. The seeds of the fall crop are then planted and sprout and slowly emerge from the plowed up darkness to produce fruit and then mature for harvesting in the fall. This process does not happen overnight, but is a process that takes time. Understanding Yeshua returned for the balance of His spring or priesthood harvest in the first century, and the fields of the world were then plowed under to prepare for the planting of the fall harvest, is it any surprise the ensuing era was called the Dark Ages? Yeah. So where does that place us now? Well, understanding the Feast of Trumpets came in real-time fulfillment in September of 2017, announcing the beginning of the fall harvest season, we know the sickle is about to be put to the fall crop. Before continuing with the fall harvest, one other problem with the first resurrection needs addressing. What became of the saints of old in Matthew 27 after they were resurrected? Did they live out another physical life and then die again waiting for Yeshua's second coming? That's what most Christian churches teach. But how does that make any sense? If those resurrected saints lived together in physical life and then died again, it would have been their second death, right? That said, let's see what the scriptures tell us about that second death in Revelation 26. It says there, Blessed and sanctified is he who has part in the first resurrection over such the second death, that would be the lake of fire, has no power. Did those saints of old, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, resurrected, really die a second death? To net them the lake of fire? But the scripture we just read plainly tells us death has no power over those in the first resurrection, which that resurrection no doubt was. Again, at the risk of redundancy, let's look at a couple more scriptures in Revelation dealing with that second death. Uh, In chapter 2, verse 11, it says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, and he who overcomes shall not be hurt, that is, die by the second death. In Revelation 20, 14, it says, Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. By the way, we have a historical secular document confirming that first resurrection of the early saints in Pontius Pilate's letters to Caesar Tiberius. Those letters now reside in the British Museum of Bible History in London. Pilate, uh, in those letters, Pilate says to Tiberius, and there were seen in that terror dead men raised up as the Jews that saw them said we have seen Abram and Isaac and Jacob and the 12 patriarchs that died 2,500 years ago and we have seen Noah manifestly in the body that said after looking into the spring harvest or resurrection and its two parts let's get back to the fall harvest or resurrection which is about to be cut remember Yeshua's dogmatic admonition in malachi 3:6 6 from yahweh and i do not change which tells us the best way to understand what's coming is to look back in matthew 24 luke 21 and mark 13 yeshua told them of many heavenly signs to precede his return so naturally we can expect more of the same in this fall harvest as noticed a couple times earlier the fall harvest season commenced with the miraculous election of Donald Trump followed by the Revelation 12 sign of the woman witnessed precisely during the Feast of Trumpets in September of 2017. But according to all the astronomers I have heard, the Revelation 12 sign of the woman, or that configuration, seen in real time, is naturally impossible. That definitely makes it a supernatural sign that without a doubt confirms the arrival of the fall harvest season. Again, we can have no doubt the fall harvest season to roughly follow the pattern of the first. In Acts 2, there was a great outpouring of Yahweh's Spirit upon the 120 disciples assembled. But it's essential to understand such power could not be given until those upon whom it was poured were suitably prepared. Giving such power to someone not educated, that is, in its use, and properly humble or matured, would be like giving a high-powered sports car to an 8-year-old boy. This power can only be given to those humble enough to use it only for the right or unselfish and humble purposes. Interestingly, virtually all the churches today claim to have that spirit. But I can tell you that nothing could be further from the truth. After all, would Yahweh really give his personal power to people who worship pagan gods and don't even know who he is, let alone what he's doing? What a silly and absurd assumption. The truth is, access to Yahweh's spirit has been cut off since Yeshua returned to receive his priesthood harvest in the first century. But now that the fall harvest has arrived, the restoration of, the, of true spiritual understanding and respect for Yahweh is taking place, which precedes the return of his spirit. The only difference between then and now is the selecting and teaching process. Then it was done by Yeshua personally, but now is being performed by Yeshua and His Spirit priesthood utilizing Yahweh's Spirit. Since Yeshua and His priesthood were raised up, they are doing what the Israel's priesthood has always done, taking care of Yahweh's modern people. Only now they're working from another dimension, using the power of Yahweh's Spirit. Again, true understanding will be and is being restored to the elders first just like the disciples in the first century. While also being humbled, Yahweh only dwells with the humble. Remember Isaiah 57, 15? He only works with the humble in preparation for the great outpouring of Yahweh's spirit. Only this time it will be a double portion as we read in Hosea 6, 3. There it says, Let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of Yahweh. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former, rain to the earth. The context of that scripture is obviously good, so we know actual rain is not what's being referenced, as it would be a disastrous flood. No, this prophecy is of the coming double outpouring of Yahweh's Spirit in the time of modern Israel. Earlier we read what he said in chapters 4-6 through where my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten the law, that is the Torah instructions, of your Creator. I also will forget your children. What a horrible thought. The first order of spiritual business, then, is to restore true spiritual knowledge and obedience. Once Yahweh has gathered His modern disciples and restored His name and Torah to them, he says he will again pour out his spirit in double measure of the first century. Those upon whom that great outpouring of spirit comes will then proceed to shock the world with the restored knowledge of Yahweh and his Torah. Before getting to the great resurrection or completion of the fall harvest, there is the matter of the first fruits of this end times harvest. Again, before either the spring or fall harvests could commence, a tithe or first fruits had to be brought in, that is to the temple. Of course, as we saw in the spring harvest season, those first fruits were the wave sheaf consisting of Yeshua and the saints of old. Considering the Torah also required the fall harvest to be preceded by the bringing of the fall first fruits, we have to accept there will be a minor resurrection like the wave sheaf of the first century. Even though we have no prophecies directly showing or announcing this first fruit resurrection, we can be very confident it will, uh, i.e. has to happen. Getting to that second or fall harvest then, the best place to begin is Ezekiel 37, where we find Ezekiel's vision of dry bones. Let's read verses 12 through 14, where it says, Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says Yahweh, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel, then you shall know that I am Yahweh. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves, and put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land, then you shall know that I, Yahweh, have spoken it and performed it. With that in mind, let's read Ezekiel thirty-seven nine. Also, he says there. Then he said to me, "Prophesy to the breath." Prophesy, son of man and say to the breath that is Yahweh's spirit thus says Yahweh come from the four winds O breath and breathe on these slains that they may live so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet in exceeding great army then he said to me son of man these bones are the whole house of Israel notice it, it's only Israel not the world The first thing to note in those passages is, this is all twelve tribes, not just Judah, being brought out of their graves, and not from heaven. This is no small number, considering the nations of Israel became the dominant or western nations of the earth in these modern times. The second thing to notice is, this is a future, not past event, which reading more of Ezekiel clearly shows. It's obviously a future prophecy, considering no worldwide resurrection of dead, probably millions or even billions of Israelites has happened. Again, this is the balance of the fall harvest. Ezekiel 37 goes on to show how the two ancient nations, the 13 tribes of Israel, which split into two nations, Israel and Judah, are now reunited as one again. Then chapters 38 and 39 show us the new circumstance of these people now living in unwalled and peaceful villages with King David ruling over them. Such a condition certainly does not describe today. In those chapters we find Gog and Magog, well apparently primarily China, and those with them, Persia, Iran, Ethiopia, uh, Libya, all planning to attack and plunder the unwalled peaceful villages in New Eden. You'll say... I will go up against the land of unwalled villages, all of the the dwellings without walls, neither having bars nor gates. That's Gog and Magog's words. Obviously, this process shows Israel is not concerned about protecting themselves, considering upon Gog and Magog's attack, reunited Israel doesn't lift a finger to defend itself. It's Yahweh's angels who defend the people in the New Eden and destroy the attacking armies numbering in the hundreds of millions. In fact, it will take the people in the New Eden seven months just to bury them all. So now a picture emerges of the whole house of Israel having been resurrected and dwelling safely in their land while the rest of the world is still doing their thing. With all that firmly in mind, the preparation and harvesting of the first fruits of the fall harvest has already begun, like the sprinkling before the storm, which is the great humbling of modern Israel and, of course, the world. Considering the horrors of the harvesting process, where everything's cut down before threshing, it is only those who know and honor our creators who will be protected through the horrifying humbling process. On the bright side, out of the ashes will arise the kingdom age. It is the new Eden here on earth, which the first century Jews were expecting back in the first century.